it, everyone. Happy free comic book day. Hope you're having a good free comic yes. book day in quarantine. I know. It's not as fun as they normally are. Mm-hmm. It's a big day for us nerds, but we're yeah. making the most of it. We're doing our own thing. You know, we are currently sitting here in costumes, mm-hmm. made new ones, uh, took some pictures just to celebrate. We are dressed up as the worst and the best Maximoff twins. Yes. I'm Wanda. I'm Pietro. And it's great. Mm-hmm. So many feelings about that. Just the worst disasters. The worst In different ways, but like, God. I just want to clutch them to my bosom and tell them it'll be okay. I want to clutch Wanda and Lorna to my bosom yeah, and tell them Pietro's it'll be okay. And I want to whack Pietro on the back of the head as hard as I can. But we'll get and be like, it's okay, that. someone will love you, baby. Yeah, that's a podcast for another day. Yes, it is. We're going to do a big, giant group one with all three mm-hmm. of the Max, Max Mob deep dive. Slash Danes, I guess. Danes. <laughs> Lorna. Oh, oh Lorna. Baby. baby. So yeah, it is May 2nd, Saturday. Mm-hmm. You won't hear this for a couple weeks after Free Comic Book Day. But just, we're but still here enough. in spirit. Yeah, we're here. It'll bring you back. It'll be good. It'll be fun. Hope everyone's doing good. And here we go. I'm Brittany Vitrino. I'm Martha Bartlett. And this is But, but First, first let's, let's Talk, talk nerdy. nerdy. Tink! <laughs> we didn't put our cups, we didn't put our booze in glasses today, so we just have our cans, mm-hmm. which made no noise. But we did cheers and clink everyone. Mm-hmm. It happened. I got you guys. It's all good. Oh, oh, no! Oh, I'm spilling. My straw is betraying me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so if you guys, I'm sure you know who Wanda is, and I'm sure you know her big dumb M crown. Uh, it's very hard to drink with yeah. that. Because it's like weird pincers that are trying to yeah. poke out your mouth. So I got a straw, but now the straw wants to, you know, bounce out of the can. And there's bubbles because it's seltzer. So we're making... <laughs> we're good. It's fine. Everything's it's okay. great. I'm first today. You are. Are you excited? I'm fucking hyped. Okay. I have no idea who you're going to do. I'm pumped. I am really excited to do mine too. I know. I've been <laughs> dropping hints. Have you? Yeah. Shit. Not like hint hints, but we've talked about it a little bit. Oh, okay. So yesterday. Am I just too stupid to figure out Maybe. Maybe. I think, <laughs> I think once I say it'll be really obvious. Yeah. Okay. So today I'm talking about Natasha Romanoff. Oh, shit. Specifically her red room and the ice pick protocol. Oh, damn. So I picked it one. It's free comic book day. But yesterday the movie was, was supposed, supposed to, to be. come out. Yes. Mm. It was supposed to be the release date for the Black Widow movie. Very bummed. We were very sad. Really looking forward to it. We so. were going to buy a very large TV if they were like, we'll just release it for yeah. you. But they didn't. They didn't. So we have to wait. Okay. Natasha Romanoff. Very, very... Boss. Boss. But a lot to go on with her. So I tried to specifically... I'll probably do another one on her just because she is... So much as most comic books characters do. Mm -hmm. Um, So I tried to, I like I said, I zoomed in on some of the Red Room and the Ice Pick Protocol. The Red Room itself could be its own episode. True. 
it's fucking intense. If we wanted to be very depressed for an episode. Forever and ever. Mm-hmm. All right. Most of my references. Sources. Sources. References. Thank you. Um, Marvel.com, ComicVine, Fandom.com, Wikipedia, and then I read Black Widow, Deadly Origin. Ah. That I was up reading last night until two in the morning. Fair. I feel you. Okay. Natalia Alanova Romanova, a.k.a. Natasha Romanoff. Best babe. Or the Black Widow. Mm -hmm. She was born in the Soviet Union in 1928. Her first appearance was in Tales of Suspense, number 52, where she's in that awful black wig and that awful black outfit. And that awful black veil? She does. Okay. She is wearing a veil when she's in a dress and she's seducing Tony Stark, but that's not her super outfit. Oh, okay. That was the outfit I was thinking of. in that full body fishnet thing. (laughs) Because I have that costume, and and I love it. I love her so much. Yes. But that was Tales of Suspense, uh, number 52. Her origin, obviously, has changed throughout history. Mm -hmm. Um, But in March 2010, Marvel released a four-comic book miniseries called Black Widow Deadly Origin, which gives a lot more information about her past. Specifically, it fills in gaps and holes of just Ah. what the fuck, Natasha. Because all of it's just been random throughout. Yeah. As far as I can tell, that's mostly what they go with. It's really hard to tell if things are part of the main canon or not. It's just... No worries. I feel you. In my part. And it, like, came out right before she debuted in Iron Man 2. And I think you could definitely see they took some of it from... This and that. Tried to mesh it with the MCU. Mm -hmm. Yes. Fair. All right. When Natasha was a baby, some Nazis set fire to the building that her parents were in. And right before it collapsed, her mother legit chucked her out a window to save her. Out a window into a soldier's arms. And then the building collapsed. It's a good fucking throw. (laughs) I mean, it's very tragic. But also... (laughs) I hope you live. Catch my squirming baby. It's Russia. There was snow all over the ground. Everything's fine. There's no good way for this to go. (laughs) So luckily, her mom chucked her out the window right into the arms of Ivan Petrovich Bezukov. These fucking Russian names. So many Russian names. Russian names all over the place. So Ivan... He ended up basically raising her and training her for the first, like, 10 years of her life. Now, why his name is Ivan and then the person in Iron Man 2 is also Ivan and Russian? They are two different Ivans. We only know one why Russian we name. we can't use multiple names? <laughs> Instead of, like, Anton, which is a lot of Russians are named Anton. I feel like that's a relatively, it's the only it's one I could fine. come to. So we're, we're talking about this Ivan. Mm-hmm. Petrovich, that one. Yes. Okay, so fun fact about Natasha. Even though most of her parentage is unknown, it's rumored that she's actually related to the late Romanov dynasty. Ooh. The former rulers of Russia. Mm-hmm. Um, they are unproven, these claims, but it was, it's mentioned in a couple of different things, like in the first volume of Deadly Origin, they're like, she might be related yeah, to the Romanovs. No, she might be Anastasia. Yeah. No, not no, really. No, she's not Anastasia. <laughs> they died before 1928, just so you know. Right. All the Romanovs, they I fell before 1928. Definitely knew that once upon a time. <laughs> once upon a December? Now I'm sad. 
So it's okay. We <laughs> should watch that later. That. Yeah. That's a good reference. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah. I'm smart. Okay. <laughs> Flash forward a couple of years, Ivan handed Natasha over to a man named uh, Taurus Romanoff, who trains her. Whether he's related or not, I don't know. Maybe everybody's name's Ivan and Romanoff in Marvel, because they don't know any other Russian names. We're all very lazy in Marvel. <laughs> so Could be worse. Could be Zatanna Zatara. <laughs> <laughs> so Taurus ends up training her for a couple of years, almost becomes like another father figure. And while she's training there, this is where she actually meets Logan, a.k.a. Wolverine. Oh, And they train together. And he was actually there undercover to kill Taurus. Now, Taurus kind of finds something of this out or catches wind of it. And he's like, hey, Natasha. Or Natalia. Okay. I'm going to go back and forth from calling her Natalia and Natasha. I try to refer to her as Natalia when I'm talking about her past. And then I try to refer to her as Natasha when I'm talking about her Her current. Yes. So he's like, hey, Natalia. That's the word. You should go (laughs) kill Logan. And she doesn't because she likes him. And she ends up actually letting Logan kill Taurus because she's like, I liked Logan better. So I I was just like, what? He's kind of cute yeah, in a short, and, hairy, Canadian you know, we way. we kind of, like, didn't, we, we related. We both didn't know what the fuck was going on in our lives and all this shit. Actually, very good yeah, point. Yeah, didn't know the, our past, didn't know any of that. We related mm-hmm. to each other. So, Logan kills Taurus and runs away, and in turn, Natalia also runs away. Ivan eventually finds her, and they join up again together to do whatever in Russia that they're doing. Now, fast forward to 1956, they're in some battle, and Ivan is wounded, and there aren't any medics around to help him. He basically knows he's going to die. Then, out of nowhere, they're approached by the Winter Soldier. Oh! And we have he, a legitimate reason to mention Bucky in this episode. <laughs> the Winter Soldier <laughs> comes up to them, and he's like, hey... I have this serum for you guys. I can give it to you. It'll heal Ivan, but you have to basically promise yourself to our mother country, Russia. Ivan's all like, hey, Natalia, don't do that. And Natalia's like, got you. I promise I will be loyal. Give me the potion. Mm -hmm. So... This serum is a form of the super soldier serum. It extends their lifespans basically indefinitely. So they don't really age. They don't really have any form Mm -hmm. of, of growing old. It amps up their healing ability. This is where Natasha loses her ability to have children. Right. Because her body literally looks at a pregnancy as a, uh, like, parasite that uh, it has to kill. So if she gets pregnant because of her super healing, her body's like, ah, and, and eliminates that problem. <laughs> a terrible way to put that, but here we are. It also gives her, like, advanced agility and all mm-hmm. these extra things. I mean, not for everyone, obviously, but sounds like a very fair trade to <laughs> sounds me. Sounds good to me. Yeah. So um, this is also where her and Winter Soldier, a.k.a. James Barnes, starts their love affair. A.k.a. Bucky, our baby. Baby. When she gets the serum and when she promises her loyalty, this is basically where the Red Room enters. Ah. Uh, how 
old is she ish? Okay, so she was born in 1928, and this is in 1956. <laughs> 20, 28. And okay. that's basically how old she stays and how old she's usually sort of portrayed in her yeah. upper 20s, early 30s. So the Red Room originally was introduced in 1998. That's oh. when it first got brought into comics. Damn. In a comic called Shadow and Light, the first volume. The Red Room in Natasha's story changes throughout each variation, but here's a basic rundown. For decades, the Red Room has been a Cold War program to train the deadliest female spies in the world. It was created due to the success of the previous sleeper agent and assassin, the Winter Soldier. And they were like, you know what would be better if we did this all with girls? Yes. And the Black Widow Ops program is what they're most known for. They recruited 28 little orphan girls to make them undetectable deep cover agents to infiltrate China and the West. They basically said one of the reasons they chose girls is because, especially at that time, people didn't suspect them. So it was really easy for them to go mm-hmm. in and fucking do shit because yep. guys are misogynistic. Sorry, All better. right. <laughs> The core mythology was designed by a professor, Gregor, cannot say that last name, Pestlinstrov. Pestlinstrov. Russian names. P-C-H. Anyway, he was a leader in the field of psychotechnics, and he was the one that got the whole imprinting people and completely fabricating memories and all that stuff. He he was the one that got that going. Mm. So they were basically made to believe that they were being trained in ballet in the Bolshoi theater. We're not actually sure originally. We're not sure if this was actual ballet training on top of their assassin training Or this was just a big cover-up and what they implanted in their head to have better memories because Natasha is so fucked up that throughout all the comics and everything she goes through, they can't actually tell whether they're real memories or fake memories. Mm. But in Volume 2 of Deadly Origin, you find out that the ballet was just a cover and it was just memories they implanted. Basically... This is like a whole other thing that you could go into. But when they implanted these memories, they could sort of feel things were often weird. But anytime they thought of them too hard or tried to poke holes in them, they would get massive headaches. They would get really nauseous. They would Mm -hmm. get really sick. Things wouldn't make sense. And all these negative feelings would make them not try to think too hard on why these don't sit right, which was one of the ways they kept them in control and made them think they had like a happy experience at this place. Not that they were a bunch of kids running around murdering things and each other to survive. So it's a little bit different in what Deadly Origin says. She's a little bit older and she is aware that she is in this Black Widow Ops program, okay? Oh, okay. So, in 1957, so a year later, Natalia is arranged to marry Alexei Shostak. I was going to say all these, and then Shostakovich? I Shostakovich? Just Kove. Shostakov. We all know Alexei is in Black Widow. Yes. The movie. Also known as the Red Guardian. This is where we start to see the reprogramming of the Red Room explained a little bit better. So Alexei 
as far as we know at this point, doesn't know she's from the Red Room. They, she just knows she, this is where she becomes Natasha Romanoff. Mm-hmm. And he asks her about her past. They're just sitting in a room and he's like, hey, so who the fuck are you? Because I'm about to marry you. And she starts to tell him about her past, how she was one of the 28 girls chosen to be specially trained um, as ballerinas Mm -hmm. in the Bolshoi Theater, had loving parents. And even though it was hard, this is what pushed her through. And then she finishes the story and she's like, no, that's not right. She's then like, I am one of the 28 girls trained in the red room to be loyal and help mother Russia. And so he's like, how old are you? You're a trained soldier. Like, and she says, I'm 29. Then she stops and she's like, no, I'm 17. And then she's like, but just so you know, I'm seeing someone right now. Once again, stops herself. And she's like, no, I'm single. So she's having all these conflicting thoughts in her head. A couple weeks later, she meets up with the Winter Soldier, who is just known as Comrade Winter Soldier. We don't know at this time. It's Bucky Barnes. Well, we do because it's it's 2010 when this comic came out, but she doesn't in the story. Mm -hmm. And she's basically like, hey, I'm getting married. We can't see each other anymore, unfortunately. And he's like, you know, shit happens. I get it. (laughs) Um, And then she was like... But I keep getting confused. I'm scared that getting married is not going to make me as useful for my ballet company anymore. And then she pauses and goes, no, for the Red Room. I'm scared I'm not going to be as useful for the Red Room anymore. Mm -hmm. Ivan comes over and then she specifically says to him in a whisper, I don't know what's real anymore. So they're completely fucking with her head. Like they're... She's trying to figure it out. They're taking away memories, putting false ones in. She's getting glimpses, but it's hard to tell what's real and what's not. My heart. I know, right? So in 1963, so this is six years later, Natasha has been married to Alexi, who is a pilot. And she 100% believes that she's just a Russian housewife. No other thoughts. She's been married to him. She's his wife. She loves him. She wants kids. She wants to be a good wife. Just the typical housewife. She probably wears a really cute apron. Apron. I'm sure she does. Mm -hmm. This is where all of Natasha's cooking came from. I assume Natasha's actually a really good cook, and this is why. So, Alexi apparently dies. Quote, unquote. Quote, unquote. They fake his death. And because he dies, she's like, fuck this. I want to step in his place. I want to help my country. I feel like I meant more for than just being a housewife. And I feel like I have the skills. So even though she doesn't like remember any of it, it's all in her still. Somewhere Mm -hmm. in there, she knows who she is. So they're like, okay. I guess we'll put you back in the red room. And um, this is where she ends up becoming a full-fledged Black Widow, the first Black Widow, and becoming one of the world's best assassin and spies. And Ivan ends up sort of being her handler slash, like, looking after her and taking care of her. And 
slowly, I think she starts to uncover some of these memories, whatever the red room will let her remember. So that is a overview of Natasha and her past in the red room and sort of what led her to being Black Widow. Like I said, it can vary. The original, original version had something to do. Enchantress came into the picture. <laughs> it got all kind of all over the place. Back so in they the day, like, they threw yeah. Enchantress in willy-nilly. Basically. So I think this is them trying to like wrap it up and sort of have it make a little more sense and have it be an actual story of what kind of happened to her. Okay, so this is what brings me to the ice pick protocol. Now, I specifically picked this one because it's what's going on in Deadly Alliance. And so this all kind of wraps into one neat little bow. Ice pick protocol is one of the Red Room's creations that involved lacing their Black Widow agents with microscopic biomachines. These uh, nanites infest the hosts who are unaware of them in their body and they are passed through physical contact. Oh. And one thing I said specifically said sexual physical contact, but I think it's just physical contact because Natasha passes it on to people that... She doesn't. She wasn't sexually involved Mm -hmm. with at all, which I will get into. I just did the shittiest wink, just in case you were wondering. (laughs) And then they can pass this from person to person, too. If it was specifically sexual, it would be like an STD, but Mm -hmm. it's just some kind of... It's just a TD. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) You're the worst. Um, Okay. So once activated, the protocol causes anyone that's been exposed to it to become sleeper operatives and they'll follow whatever command is given to them. So in this case, when the protocol was activated, the command was basically to kill anyone Natasha has ever loved or cared for. Jesus. Yes. Not surprising, but God (laughs) depressing. So the scene where you find out this is happening is a scene with Bobby Morse, a.k.a. Mockingbird. Bobby! And Clint Barton, a.k.a. Hawkeye, who they are dating at the time. The hot fucking messes that they are. Get out of there, Bobby. And she basically ends up like, it gets triggered. She has it. Sees Natasha's face in Clint. And then stabs Clint with a fork and then tries to kill him. <laughs> Literally, there's a scene where the fork is just sticking out of his shoulder and he's <laughs> they, like, what the fuck is happening? Are they just eating dinner? And they were eating like, breakfast <laughs> and just not enough. That's even Clint's better. Like frying eggs. Oh, no. <laughs> she's yep. like, I'm going to go for the fork instead of any knife. Yeah, Well, she stabbed him with the fork and then she was going after him with the knife. Natasha came in and she, at this point, she already knew what was happening. So she got a cure and like did something with Bobby. And Clint's like, what the fuck? You've already <laughs> fucked my life up, Natasha. Yeah, I need you to not go back fuck to bed. up our fucked up lives anymore? Like, we could do that on our own. It's okay. You're never going to make it because you're both really terrible disasters. <laughs> so she ends up saving them, but she tries to track down everybody that she's ever cared for. And this is where... This is where it's like, I, it wasn't a sexual contact thing. Yeah. It's just a, I think like a repeated caring contact thing because. Somebody who you touch she, enough. Yeah. So she went to a mom who killed her son 
and the son was someone that Natasha used to just ruffle his hair every time he delivered the morning newspaper. No. And then she had a friend, and just by her time cute newspaper, yeah, boy? it was just a boy, and the mom got triggered and killed her son. And then she found a friend that she used to have, and the husband murdered the friend who was his wife and then committed suicide. Um, Hercules was getting attacked by like eight girls. Oh, I mean. <laughs> and, and she's with Bucky and Hercules calls her up and was like, hey, I saw your face in a bunch of these girls and now they're all attacking me. <laughs> what the fuck? And so Nat's like, okay, I'll be right there. <laughs> I honestly love Hercules so, so much. So, also, by icon, can I yes. say? Yes. So, goes down there, takes care of all the girls that he's, like, <laughs> laughing at. Oh, like, please lecturing. get off of me. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's great. She gets to Matt before anything can happen. And then James Barnes, and I put Bucky. Bucky. At this point is Bucky Barnes. Bucky, Bucky, Bucky. She calls him James, um, who is her current boyfriend, is unaffected because he has the super soldier serum. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't sorry i'm not like that. so she's like it's cool at least you're not a fed that's why we're meant to heart swoon winter widow i love you all right it's found out in one of her past memories in this comic that ivan actually had a super thing for nat and the Uh whole time he was trying to be like i hope you find happiness and find the right person he wanted it to be like sabotaging it the entire time yeah and he wanted it to be him but natasha only ever looked at him as like a friend and a father figure because he literally raised her from a baby ew what are men yes now i mean i know they're both like doesn't matter 100 years old now (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah so she's like not gonna happen bro you're like i need you as a father i like, still that's see how you as my you as a father and do you see my really hot boyfriend also that all of them because she was going through tony stark hawkeye hercules and now mm-hmm. she's on bucky like uh, Honestly, Matt, daredevil and now and now like so she's also the bucky, two so. hottest redheads in the marvel universe get to fuck right yes right so she's like, not going to happen, bro. So he's all mad and he storms off. And then this is when, remember, we talked about all the Avengers and X-Men dying at the same time. <laughs> oh, shit. This is when the <laughs> Oh, my God. Okay. Well, I'm glad I didn't look into it because it sounds like you looked slightly more into so, it than me. When this happens, Natasha meets up with Ivan they're in like Paris or something mm-hmm. and she's all like bummed because I don't know if she just took over for the Avengers but she was definitely very much part of them she's like everyone's dead and what Ivan's do I all do? like well I'm still here and she's all like not fucking helpful bro <laughs> <laughs> and then he was like one of those even if you're the last man on earth, yeah. I still don't want yep. you. And then he was like, you know, those fucking Western superheroes, they'll be back, which is very true. He was not wrong. No, he was not wrong. So, but then he kisses her. Ew. And she's like, bro, Gross. what the fuck? I'm just trying to eat my delicious pasta. No, I think they're in France. I thought they were in Italy. I'm, I I'm trying to eat my delicious bread here. My my <laughs> pan or whatever the fuck it is. Pen. 
Pan. Mm-hmm. It's pan in Italian. Oh, cute. Yeah. So she was like, get the fuck off me. Don't touch me like that. And then he says something along the lines of, to her rejection, that it was like an ice pick to his heart. Oh, my God. She then realizes that this is when he basically activated the ice pick protocol within no. her. No. And took control of it. Yes. What a fucking... Yes. So he kissed her to activate it with whatever it was and then said the word ice pick and it like fucking made him be able to take control of whatever was in I her. feel like I'm going to unhinge my jaw because <laughs> I'm like gasping so much. What the fuck? He sucks. Well, so, why are there so many? Ugh. As someone who you're like, oh, you raised her and you, you saved you her and now her. you're fucking disgusting. He's like, oh, well, I thought if I put all of these like nice coins in, I would get some in the end. And that's just not how things work. Also, Natasha can beat the shit out of you. Yeah. I'm like, and also... Have you seen Natasha and have you seen yourself? And like you said, the list that we just went through. Yeah. Also. Yeah. We've got better options. Yeah. Also, sidebar. Basically, when she first started, before she was known who she was, mm-hmm. and she was like hooking up with Tony Stark to get ahead get ahead and take down his company. Girl, yeah. Pepper was like, um, you should probably not be around her. And he was like, she's just some hot girl. And he, she was like, actually, she keeps appearing around all of these really hot, rich people. And then they keep dying. <laughs> so you should probably be careful, Tony. So what you're saying is Pepper is a queen always and forever. Yes. And that Black Widow is the name Black Widow for a reason. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Living the actual dream. Living the actual dream. <laughs> so Tony calls her out and then she goes and bones Hawkeye. So it's fine. <laughs> I don't know. Natasha doesn't have control over her life She's either. like, well, this person who okay. has money but also is just the worst. And Hawkeye gets all jealous. So he's like, you keep talking about Tony. And she's you keep like, talking about other people and she, I want to be your best friend like, and everything. But he has a lot of money. <laughs> And I want his secrets and his technology. And he's like, I'm here. And then, I have and then arrows. And he was like, forget you. I'm going to Matt Murdock. Yeah. <laughs> but that was a side tangent. I need someone who I can bone who's not going to be so attached to me that they're a fucking whiny baby. It's true. Girl after my <laughs> own heart. Okay. Last little bit of the story. So she thought at this point that Ivan was dead because the comics opens up where you think he's dead. And she tracks him down. Like I said, I think they're in space. I could also be 100% making that up. But I'm well, pretty sure they're in space. I feel like comics frequently go to space when yes. they're like, what do we do yes. now? So they're in space. And she's all like, who she at this point, she's not 100% sure who's behind it, but she tracks down who's behind it and they're in space. She then finds out oh, it is Ivan, but his human body is gone because it was dead and blown up. And he's in a robot body because Marvel is so original and hasn't done that 900 times. That literally was half of my story when I talked about yeah. Sharon, but it's fine. Hey, at least he's not a clone, but if he was a clone, we would be in the X-Men universe. Uh, so he's in a robot body. And he's all like, I control you and all this stuff. Love me, which is still his end game. He still, he even makes some disgusting sex joke. And I, no! I don't know if you heard me last night when I was in my bedroom, but at one point I literally was like, 
I did. Uh And it was because of that. (laughs) Come on, dude. Yeah, it was something like, I still have all the functions of a person. Like, and I was like, please. I would like a kind robot, Uh, like Vision, please. Right? Yes. I love Vision. He's a cute baby. He's my husband. He is your husband. So, basically, he's like, well, this is your choice. You can either bone me, I guess, (laughs) or. Or I'm going to kill everyone because I control everything. And Natasha had done something and like figured out his DNA, yada, 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 in the robot when she, and she kissed him and basically rewrote all his programming. And it's basically like, actually, bitch, you have no control. I have control over everything. And now, and he basically is just a robot with a brain right here in his stomach. <laughs> and she blows out his brain in his stomach yeah. and kills him. Oh, what a beautiful, wonderful woman. Yeah. So that is one small part of Natasha Romanoff, her origin in the Red Room. Ugh. Babe. Yeah. What have we done to deserve Natasha? Not, we haven't done anything. Literally nothing. She's like a dog. We don't deserve them. A hundred percent. Except for she's much meaner than a dog. She's way meaner than a dog. And I like that. I have many, many feelings about Natasha and they're all very, very good. Now I'm just going to be thinking about her and Bucky destroying a room while they have sex. I have to find that fucking picture for you. Ugh, because so literally hot. The lamp, there's a lamp that is crushed. And it's like, As it should be. Yes. Door frames, Bucky's metal arm. Exactly. What are you supposed to do? There's no way. Destroyed. They should just have a mattress on the ground. I don't see a bed frame handling them, especially if they've had a bad day. They should have a full room of mattresses where they line up to the walls. So they have plenty of room, and then they can go live in other places. Like, this is just your fucking room. This <laughs> is literally, <laughs> literally your fucking We're room. We're probably going to have to cut this it's one It's fine. <laughs> well, now we're all hot and bothered, so let's go on to the second one. So, last week I established that I really love terrible assholes that are kind of the worst and are disasters. Last week I really committed to it. This week I'm committing to it too. And I'm doing fucking Jason Todd. Uh... <laughs> I kept being like, oh no, my Jason Todd comic is like, I'm, it's hiding under my covers in my room. <laughs> my iPad was open earlier and I'm like, no. And I just w- <laughs> Martha opened her iPad earlier so we could record this podcast <laughs> and it was open right on her screen and I've never it's seen her. Thing, a death in the family and I was like, oh no. <laughs> I didn't see it though. I knew it was a comic but we both agreed to do comics today for free for comic book day so that wasn't a surprise. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was funny. <laughs> so um, I'm going to do the death and rebirth of Jason Todd. This asshole, let's go. Yeah. Asshole number one in my heart, Robin number two, but only in chronological order because if we're talking about Robins that did their job well, it's probably not this one. <laughs> There's um, so many good Robins, too. It's a, yeah. I would say if we're talking about Robins that did the best at their job, it's probably Tim, but also Tim's boy. No offense, Tim. Except Red Robin was good, though. Red Robin was good. Yeah. But Tim's still a little Tim's a little boring. You're right. Yeah. Well, if we're going to talk about the best Robins, 
him and Damien are at the bottom. <laughs> I like Damien, but you know I like Damien. Because they're like a tiny, violent... Yeah, but Dick and Staff... I like Damien a lot because I liked the dichotomy between him and Dick as Robin and Batman versus the original dichotomy between Robin and Batman where Robin's like, Oh, I'm going to jump around. Holy blah, 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 Batman. But that's so dick. Dumb puns. Well, yeah. (laughs) That's so dick to a T. And, like, Dick doesn't become not dick when he's Batman. No. He's still soft Batman. (laughs) So you have Batman who's like, I'll take these three goons, and you take the other 14. And Damien's like, I can kill you from here, bitch. And I kind of love the, like, flipping it on its head thing. I love Dick so much. Yeah. He's so stupid. And Dick Grayson was Robin for over 40 years. Really? Yeah. Fucking Damn! I? No. Somebody said 43, and I was like, I'm not looking that up. (laughs) That's fair. I wouldn't have looked that up either. Yeah. But, um, yeah, they've been around for a billion years, and then um, Dick Grayson was growing up, and the comic book writers who were writing him were like, we don't want to do this whole Batman thing anymore. We're going somewhere different. We're finally making a Robin look like a grown-up person. <laughs> so Dick Grayson became not Robin, and they brought Dick Grayson in... finally became an adult. Ugh, smooth. <laughs> With the best butt ever. We need to stop talking about Dick Grayson right now. This is not about Dick Grayson. That's another topic for another day. This is literally Jason Blight. (laughs) (laughs) We are just giving you a preview of Jason's life. (laughs) Yeah, so um, Jason makes his first appearance in Batman 357, which was in like 1982. I didn't write that one down because... When he first comes in, he's a redheaded kid, <laughs> and his parents are in a circus, and they're all acrobats, and they're the flying Todds. Wait. Yes. He's also an acrobat? It's literally- They couldn't even give him a different backstory from- and Killer Croc kills his parents. Yeah, exactly. I know you can't see what I just did, but- It's the biggest facepalm ever. It was the biggest facepalm ever. Yeah. That is- Exactly fucking Dick Grayson's story, basically. He's wearing Robin's clothes. He's being Dick Grayson's thing. He's, like, he's wearing Dick doing? Grayson's diaper. Basically. Uh, Batman, you have enough money to buy fucking pants. new clothes for your new Robin. <laughs> the genuine worst. So, in 1985, they do the Crisis on Infinite Earths. Everything ends. And then they get to update everybody. Yay! Yeah, they're like, okay. They take fucking Robin out of a diaper. Yes. Mm, no. <laughs> oh. mm, no. But they do make him not Dick Grayson, but with red hair. They take Dick Grayson out of a diaper. <laughs> yes. That's true. He gets a very plunging neckline instead, and it's the best. Disco wing, we love you. Dick Grayson should just not wear clothes. It's fine with me. But yeah, so the new Jason Todd is, uh, they distinguish him from Dick, not just because he's, like, a redhead. I think he has black hair, and then they're like, he has black hair because he's been dyeing his red hair black, which is a stupid plot point, so. Wait, so Jason Todd's hair is red. When they first have But then they start dyeing his hair black so he can look more like Dick Grayson. So he can look more like Robin. 
So he can look more like Dick Grayson. Exactly. They just want him to be Dick Grayson and he hates it. And then they're like, oh, this is dumb, so we're going to unwrite that part. But we are going to give him black hair because keeping black hair for Robins is easier than having to be like, oh, he's got a new Robin. Unless you're Steph. Well, we have better options, obviously, in the future. Steph is so great. Following the revamp for after Crisis on Infinite Earths, they basically remake Jason as uh, he's a street orphan, and he first meets Batman, because Batman is in Crime Alley, which is where his parents died, and Jason is- He just likes to hang out there and be emo. Yeah, basically. So Batman meets Jason because Jason's trying to steal the tires off the Batmobile, because he's the worst little say, First off, why are you stealing tires? What are you going to do with tires, you stupid little shit? Second off, out of all the vehicles, that is clearly the motherfucking Batmobile. You're going to steal the tires off of Batman's fucking car? These are you fucking stupid? Baller Batman spinners <laughs> are going to get me good, good money in the, like, street rat market. He's Aladdin now. <laughs> But yeah, um, both his parents are dead. His mom died of an OD and blah, blah, blah. And then Batman sees... Wait, I thought his parents were killed in the circus. This is after that. So first, Jason Todd, they're like, oh, we're going to make a redheaded version of Dick Grayson. Oh, so this is like the reboot. And then after Infinite Crisis, they're like, oh, we don't have to do that. And it's stupid. So we're going to make him this fucking shitty brat. Okay. Which he is a shitty brat. I got confused. Uh, and yeah, Batman's like, this is a quote from Wikipedia. He can become a productive crime fighter by channeling his rage. He also believes if he doesn't help the boy, Todd will become part of the criminal element. Which, uh, well, yes, but you went around in the entirely wrong, 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 wrong way. Also, kind of ended up there anyways. Exactly. This so. is where we're at. Should have just let him go to therapy. Also, okay, fun fact about Jason Todd. So, <laughs> Jason Todd becomes Robin after six months of training. Wait, say that again. Jason Todd becomes Jason Todd. So he's like out with Batman, fighting with him, but not as Robin for a little bit. Which what the fuck? Who is he? Just Jason Todd? Just little nerd Jason Todd. <laughs> And then, like, Batman trains him for six months, and then he's like, you're you're ready to be Batman, uh, Robin. You're not ready to be Batman. And when you try to be Batman later, it, it doesn't, doesn't go work. well. <laughs> but that's a different story for this time. There's that's basically how long it took me to get on the fucking floor at Isle of Kickboxing. <laughs> Why did that take so long? I'm a really good kickboxing instructor. You're a really good kickboxing instructor, and also you're not like a 13-year-old kid who Batman's like, I'll just throw you out into crime. I don't know. He did that with Dick. Yeah, which was also a bad Batman, go to therapy! (laughs) (laughs) Bruce, you are awful! Oh my god, every single time Bruce ends up coming up, we basically are just like, you're a terrible person, go to therapy. Also, Batman, he's like, oh, Jason Todd doesn't possess Dick Grayson's natural athleticism. But because he's really angry, he's going to be good at this. I'm like, no. oh, no. Bruce. I read also a really interesting interview with a lot of the writers for Batman and Robin during the time. And they basically talked a lot about 
not understanding psychology at all. Less about that, more about the fact that they didn't like Jason. They wrote him. Yeah. They wrote him, and then um, there were a lot of things where they were like, you have to put Robin in this because Batman and Robin are a team. And the writers would be like, ugh, ugh, I don't want to. And it's like, it's your fucking job. It's just not that hard. And you've been doing it for 45 fucking years with Dick Grayson anyways. Just keep fucking doing it, you lazy pieces of shit. So I read basically an article that was a lot of the different, like, writers during that time. Or writers or editors. And one of them was basically like, people didn't like Jason Todd. And they were writing into us about it. So we decided to play into that to make him more annoying. And then after they did that, they were like, oh, we're stuck with this annoying character. What do we do? (laughs) And (laughs) literally one of the things that they said, which is gross and makes me angry, is that they had, they were exploring the AIDS crisis at that point. And there was a... Do you see my face with this? Yeah. I don't know what's about to come out of your mouth, but I'm not okay with it. You know it's a bad thing. You know it's bad. Mm-hmm. Um, they were exploring the AIDS crisis, and they were like, we should really do a story that like talks about this and stuff like that. And then there was a box where they could pick the character who would get HIV or AIDS. And uh, the editor for Batman at the time was like, yeah, I stuck the box with Jason Todd. And he's like, wow, I hate you so fucking much. The whole thing about Jason Todd being killed because he was hated is actually kind of a myth. The writers are like, we're not really into Jason Todd. The editors are like, we're not really into Jason Todd. They're trying to figure out a way to write him out. And they're like, the readers aren't into Jason Todd because we're making him more annoying. But we're making him more annoying because the readers think they don't like him. So we don't have to take credit for this. I mean, it's hard to follow up Dick Grayson. It is. 40 years. 40 years of Dick Grayson. Yeah. It's hard follow up. He got the shit end of the stick here. He did. So, at one point, they had a controversial moment with him and Batman where there's a serial rapist who is fucking up with um, sex workers. And Jason discovers somebody hanging, a sex worker hanging, and then basically throws this guy to his death. And then he's like, hmm, I guess I spooked him. He slipped. (laughs) The article that I read with the writers and editors of DC was called The Lives and Death of Jason Todd, an oral history of the second Robin. But yeah, so he kills a rapist, a serial rapist, and then he like uses excessive force with a pimp who is fucking up the workers under him. And Batman's like, I'm a fuckhead. Batman has the worst moral code. His moral code is awful. We're going to get into that. Okay. Um, It makes me mad. But yeah, so because Jason's like, oh, I guess you've slipped. Batman is like, you can't be Robin right now. You have to just be Jason. You're not allowed to do this shit. Uh, Jason is tricked into meeting his biological mother because his previous mother who OD'd was not his actual mother. And he's been looking for family his entire life. So he's like, please, can somebody love me? Which, sorry, Jason. And then once Jason gets there to meet his bio mom, the Joker basically beats him to almost death with a crowbar before rigging the building to explode. The whole thing about Jason being too annoying to be Robin and everybody being like, we're going to definitely kill you, is an urban legend. That's just not what happened. They voted, like, 
they did put Jason up for a vote, and it's not untrue that he was an annoying little shit, but um, it only won by 72 votes for him to die. And it was... Out of how many? 5,343 versus 5,271 against. So Jason's really annoying. He's almost dead by the Joker. What do you guys want? Do you want him to die? And was this like... It was a poll. For the fans? Yeah. Okay. So you had to call in and give your... I fucking know. (laughs) Back in the day when you had to call in places, you gotta do it online. Just Damn. Yeah, they had to, like, call in or, or maybe write in. Fuck. Uh, and it's literally only 72 votes. And I've known for so long that Jason is the most annoying Robin and that he was killed because the fans didn't like him. It's like, not really. He was killed because 72 fans didn't like him. That's it. That's the only difference between that. So, later. Many, many years later. So this happens in 1988. That's when it definitely happens. Jason is dead. The Joker did it because he's a shithead. This is before Babs, right? So they happen within literal months of each other. Okay. Yeah. I don't remember. I think Jason happens and then Babs happens, but they happen in the same year. Okay. So yeah. the Joker's just... Yeah. So um, I read an article on the Mary Sue, which was called Why Jason Todd is the Most Important Robin. I do agree that he's important. He's not a good saying. Robin, but he's probably the most important Robin too, like any of the stories. One of the quotes from it is Bruce Wayne deciding to not be a murderer as someone who was traumatized by the murder of his own family is noble. Yet, as we see by the revolving door of crime that is Arkham Asylum, Bruce's personal decision to not kill or maim does not make Gotham City safer. The Joker is a terrorist that has caused untold harm to the citizens of Gotham, blah, blah, blah. And then, yeah, The Killing Joke by Alan Moore came out a few months before Batman and Death in the Family. So, so Babs, got, Babs got paralyzed. And then, only and a couple months later, Jason, Jason died. killed. And he does immense damage to two of the people closest to Batman. If there was anyone Batman could get a pass for killing, it would be the Joker. Even Superman has snapped and killed the Joker in some else worlds. I'll do it in the main world, please. Please get rid of him. For Jason Todd, Bruce Wayne's biggest betrayal was not getting revenge for his death and allowing the Joker to hurt others. How? Yeah. How can you be Bruce Wayne and being like, I am the knight, but. Sorry. I am going to protect Gotham and make it a better place. The Joker does everything that the Joker does before any of this. And every single part of it is awful. He then not only paralyzes your fucking comrade, but the daughter of basically your best friend. But not because she's your comrade, but because she's somebody who is important to the commission. Yes. And then he kills... You're second Robin, and to you, your Robins are like your sons. Someone who you were looking at adopting as a son. And you're like, it's fine, go to jail that you keep breaking out of. I'll see you in a month. What? It's just bonkers. For you to unleash more terror on the city and fucking 
Um, <sighs> one of the other points that this article made was so Dick is the best. I'm sorry. <laughs> sure. Dick is great. I love Dick. Uh, Bruce Wayne is a father, both adoptive and biological, which is a great aspect of his character, which is true. It's like a really interesting aspect of his character. But the effect that he has on his children has been mixed. So Dick is undoubtedly a success story, even with their conflicts. But just like Bucky, our baby, was created to question the teen sidekick, Jason makes us question whether Bruce just got lucky with Dick. And Bucky then very much left the teen sidekick. Yes, and is like, actually, now I'm older than Steve, but it's fine. <laughs> actually, we don't want to... Like, we don't want to copy Batman, and we don't want him to be a teen sidekick. We're going to make him a year older than Steve. And be the one that actually takes care of Steve when they're younger. A lot of things that are very similar. Batman's like, I'll do this one. Captain America's like, oh. Well, yeah, because they're the counterparts of each other. And that's what happened back in the day. And then they're like, oh, we should have different stories and characters from each other. Thank God they made Bucky not a teenager. Or fucking real. Jason comes back because, of course, So, at one point, it seems like Jason's coming back, and then it actually ends up being Clayface, who's like, "Mm, fucking with you. Fucking Clayface. I know. He kind of made Jason look older than he would have been if he had just aged and not been dead for any time, so that it would still work, but no, it didn't. That said... Clayface makes them question things, so they open up Jason Todd's grave, and it's empty. So Jason did die at the hands of the Joker, but Superboy Prime... But this is a comic book, so no one stays dead. Superboy Prime punches all of realities, and then everything gets weird. What? (laughs) (laughs) How do you punch all of the realities? This is Wikipedia quotes. He alters reality from the paradise dimension, which whatever, in which he is trapped because he punches against the barrier keeping him from the rest of the universe, causing temporal ripples. I hate so comic that's books. That's a lot of nonsense I hate them. to say that. That's not nonsense, nonsense science. Nonsense. That's, that's nonsense comic book it's science. Just nonsense, period. <laughs> yeah. It is regular, regular nonsense. And, yeah, Superboy punches the world and a bunch of shit happens because of that. Punches the universe and reality like ripples. It's dumb, but I did get Jason back, so here we are. <laughs> Superboy punches all of the realities and Jason Todd comes back! Yeah. It's weird. Was that the only effect of punching all the realities? So I think Jason comes back and he's like, I'm stuck in a grave. So he climbs himself. Oh my god. Was he wearing the Robin no. costume? Okay. He's wearing like a sad little suit because he's buried and they had a <laughs> Because they had a funeral and he's buried and that's what you wear. Uh, Did yeah. he wake up caked in makeup and he was like, what the fuck? Uh, why am I so gross and why do I smell like formaldehyde? <laughs> that is a good question. Clearly these superheroes that are buried are embalmed. How do they just come back not embalmed? So how they came back not embalmed is Superboy punched the world. <laughs> Superboy punched the world and that's why everything happened. <laughs> 
he's wandering around as a vagrant who doesn't know what he is, but he does, um, some bad guy ends up fighting him, and he has, like, all of his incredible fighting moves, and he's like, is this a Robin? Um, and that bad guy talks to Talia all cool, and she's like, oh, it is. Yoink. Anything that's important to Bruce, I am going to take and keep to myself. And she plops him, maybe not plops, she probably, <laughs> like, lays him into the Lazarus pit, which is the pit that restores it can make people immortal, it restores all of your health, blah blah blah. It does not restore your brain. So if your brain is all fucked up from being dead. Or just being fucked up. Or just being a big <laughs> fuck up in every aspect of your life. Um, it doesn't matter. You're fucked. He's crazy. And that's that. And then Talia's like, you know what's really shitty? Batman never killed the Joker. And he killed you. And that's super shitty. Girl after my own heart there right now. Same. I would definitely be like, Same. <laughs> Yeah. So um, Jason's like, you're right. Shit, that is shitty. It is shitty. And that, like, it's his go-to motivation. He's like, Batman's shitty and he didn't kill the Joker. Is is Tim Robin right now? Tim is Robin and Jason okay. is jealous. Jason is just jealous of every Robin ever. Jason has so many problems and if we had just solved his problems with some sort of therapy, we would have been in a better place. But instead, we didn't. And then he died and came back and became more crazy. And then he's like, what am I going to do? So he goes to kill the Joker. And he's like, I don't actually just want the Joker to die. I want to kill the Joker with Batman. It's not and then how it works. Like, Maybe it could be the Batman that Gotham needs. As in a Batman that actually murders all these dumb fucking dickheads. So Jason becomes... The Red Hood, which is kind of a, like, fuck you, because the Joker's original villain mantle was the Red Hood. Oh, that I didn't know. Oh, yeah. So, like, before the Joker became the Joker, he was this dude in a tuxedo and a, like, goofy hood called the Red Hood. And then he fell into some chemicals and became the Joker. Um, I knew about the chemicals. Yeah. Though I don't lo- know much too much about like the Joker's anything other than I hate him too much. I don't want. I don't care. You suck. That's all you need to know. Yeah. I think the only interesting thing about the Joker is that he doesn't always have a solid backstory. They just didn't. It's true. That's much more interesting. Yeah. So he fucks up with Batman and is like, "I'm kind of back," but doesn't show his face and then does it again. Like, I'm not really here. And he becomes kind of obsessed with Tim Drake and he breaks into Titan Tower and fucks with him. This and that. Um, he eventually kidnaps and holds the Joker hostage and he lures Batman to Crime Alley, which is the site of their first meeting, also the site of Batman's parents' death. In case you forgot. In case you forgot, it's been like however many minutes. <laughs> and Batman really wants to help. Jason, he's like, I just want to help you atone for your failures. Which, that's like every religious person being like, love the sinner, not the sin. It's like, you're still condemning me, you fucker. Uh, Jason asks Batman why he hasn't avenged his death by killing the Joker. And um, he's like, he murdered me. He crippled one of my fucking best friends. You should have done it because he took me away from you. And Batman was like, I thought about killing the Joker, but he thinks that if he kills one person, he'll keep going. Which is bullshit, blah blah blah. So basically, Jason is like, okay, I'm going to 
murder the Joker, and he has a pistol in hand, and then throws Batman a gun, and is like, you can shoot me to stop me, but that's the only way you can do it. Either you shoot somebody, or I murder the Joker. And then at the And if you thought about... If you're like, I'm scared to murder someone because I think it's going to take me too far, then let someone else do it that won't have that fucking problem! I'll fucking do it. You'll do it. Jason will definitely do it. I think a lot of people would kill the Joker. Yeah. Stop stopping people from killing the Joker because you have bad judgment. Yeah. Um, so Batman at the last moment throws a fucking battering at Jason, um, which bounces off the pipe and sinks into his neck. But doesn't, doesn't kill him, but it makes him drop his gun. And if then, it did kill him, though, that would have fucked Batman the fuck up! Fucking magic. Oh my god. Um, and then Joker detonates a bunch of nearby explosives because everybody wasn't paying attention to him enough. And everybody plunges into the bay. Obviously, he survives this, but he's a huge goddamn mess. All of Jason is a look at whether any of Batman and Robin was something that would work. It's just, is it just that Dick is a ray of wonderful sunshine? And if you try to do this with any fucking child who's not Dick or maybe Tim, it's fucking monstrous and horrible. I'm so fucking glad he came back. Such disaster and just a fucking nightmare at all times. But he's also the character who I probably morally line up with the most in the Bat Fam. Jason Todd. He's a disaster and I love him. So hopefully you guys are having a great did you forget what was happening? I just was remembering that this is not going to come out on Free No. I hope you had a great free comic book day. I hope that, you know, by the time you listen to this, maybe we'll be close to being out of quarantine. Yeah. We now are officially on Apple Podcast or wherever you like to listen. So rate, review. Subscribe. Subscribe. Um, we are on Instagram as well, just at, but first let's talk nerdy on Insta. Yeah, so hit us up. So hit us on up, and, um... Come to us with your topic ideas. Yeah. No. No. We're gonna do what we want. (laughs) We don't like that person. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you can suggest, it might, sometimes we don't think things. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I love that I character. Love that character or but I'd be like, oh, I hate you. Yeah, if we fucked anything up, don't let us know. No. <laughs> but really, genuinely, don't let us know. And we will see you next Tuesday. See you next Tuesday.